The Broncos Blitz Podcast with Ronnie K. Presented by Tap 14. Analysis and commentary to help you get your Broncos fixed during the offseason. Subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Or listen on demand anytime in the Mile High Sports mobile app. Welcome to the Broncos Blitz Podcast. Ronnie K and Sean Drotar with you here today. Lots to talk about, including the offensive line, a potential target that... Well, may not be as strong a target as you think. We'll dive into that as well as some wide receiver chatter and some interesting articles at milehighsports.com. But first, our friends at Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Of course, right, well, a hop, skip, and a jump away from Coors Field, the 70 Colorado beers and the 100 Colorado distilled spirits on tap. Hey, you got to go check it out. It's terrific rooftop views as we get into spring and for you sports fans, the TVs are on brunch Saturday, Sunday, 10 a.m. to 2. Be sure to check them out on the web, tap14.com. That's tap14.com. Sean, I suppose we start with a guy by the name of Jared Valdir. That's the uh, offensive lineman that the Broncos traded for, uh, picked in the third round, 69th overall in uh, 2010, played his college in Hillsdale. He was quite the collegiate offensive lineman, and he is a massive, massive man. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, he's six foot eight, and uh, you know he, he's a monster guy. So you like the idea if you're the Broncos of adding someone that can make a difference in the running game for you, that can make a difference, uh, hopefully in the passing game. But you're not talking about when you know, someone's that big. You're not talking about a speed guy. So the same concern for Veldir, uh, first and foremost, is health. Obviously, that's been a problem for him in the past, but. It's the same concern as you have for Garrett Bowles. Do they have the foot speed to deal with all the speedy edge rushers in the AFC West? Regardless, it is an upgrade over Menelik Watson and Donald Stevenson and everyone they tried last year. So I think for the Broncos, you now at this point going into the draft, probably have four out of your five set, maybe even five out of your five set, because I think Connor McGovern is going to get the first crack at right guard as opposed to Max Garcia. But that means now the Broncos are solidifying an offensive line where not a lot of these spots are going to be up for grabs. And that's a good thing. And Valdir is, uh, he is 321, listed at 321.68, but he doesn't look like a, a fat 321. No. You know, he is like lean and muscular and just... Uh, big, <laughs> I guess if that's the best way to describe it. Uh, he now on his third team previously with the Raiders and the Cardinals. Uh, is this a guy that Denver should say he's the solution at right tackle? I mean, well, he is the bona fide starter or because I kind of look at this and I say, I didn't honestly know who Jared Valdir was until the Broncos traded for him. Well, it's also known as if you're looking at a lot of tackles generally in, in football. So I, I think it's fine. I, I would say, put it this way. For now, yes, I think you have a, a no the question short-term starter. Stop yep, right. Okay. right, for maybe the next year, maybe even two years, which is what the Broncos are looking at after signing Case Keenum to a, a, a the deal that they signed him to. You're really talking about you know two years here, and that's the window the Broncos are thinking. So can Veldier at 30 years old basically be the guy for the next two seasons? Yes, I think he can. But it, if you're concerned about the injuries, I think that's fair. The injuries are, are a problem, but that's why you get him for a six-round pick. Sure. So, uh, I get that. We'll see where they, they hop in. But I just don't see the Broncos being able to find anybody better than he, he can. And that's a great uh, point. Has, at, at the moment, you can't find anyone in free agency. You're probably not going to draft someone who can hop in that will be much better. So, yeah, I think he's automatically your starter. You're going to find your tackle in the sixth round 
Probably not. So no, that not, is not again, at least. Uh, as yeah, you at did least with correct. Matt Paradis. Sure. sure. Yep. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street. Be sure to check them out. Let's transition to, well, to the inside of the offensive line, particularly with guard. Uh, personally, I wrote a piece on milehighsports.com. You can go check out. It's essentially a buyer beware. The Broncos and Quentin Nelson seem like they have been linked together. And uh, a lot of people, mock draft analysts, they are picking Nelson at number five with the Denver Broncos, assuming that the quarterback per se isn't available that they want. And or, in, or if they even want a quarterback, or if they even want a quarterback, remember sure. that they've been talking. The Broncos in, in recent days have been talking Paxton Lynch up quite a bit, both. Uh, Vance Joseph has done that. John Elway has done that. They've, they've talked about how they still believe in Paxton Lynch. If you believe in a guy, a quarterback, you don't sign one for $18 million a sure. year and then go draft one number five overall. So I have doubts, quite frankly, that the Broncos are going to go to the quarterback position. But in the they draft. got they got their guy in the quarterback. It would make sense to put somebody in front of him. Absolutely. But Protect your this, investment. Exactly. Particularly at this position, though, I'm very curious to know what you think of this because – in the last 20 years, since 2000, the two guards who really have been drafted in the top 10, who have been solidified as the, the surefire guys at the time of draft, was number two overall in 2001 with Leonard Davis when he went to the Arizona Cardinals, and Jonathan Cooper in 2013 when he went seventh overall, again, to the Arizona Cardinals. Both of those guys did not pan out as well as they could have. Now, uh, Leonard Davis later in his career did go to the uh, Pro Bowl three times, but that was with a second team. It, it, should the Broncos be looking at guard? Because guard is this weird situation where you're not athletic enough to play center. You're not gifted and strong enough to play tackle. It's just kind of falling in the middle, and it's not to diminish the position, but to spend a number five pick overall, I just it worries me. Yeah, that's a reasonable argument. I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't have as much of a problem with it because I think that defenses scheme well enough that they're going to go over the guard, they're going to go around the tackle, they're going to go anywhere they can. And I think maybe you're undervaluing the impact of a good blocking guard for the run, especially a guy like Nelson who actually is shown to be pretty mobile and can get out and pull and make yeah, a difference absolutely. there. So you're, I, I think there's some advantages there. But the point you make is is – a good one, and there's a reason that a lot of scouts and a lot of draft nicks look at, at the guard and say, you don't pick them that high, and teams don't pick them that high. You said it twice. Uh, two in 20 years. So yeah. it's it's a position that most NFL teams seem to believe they can fill adequately enough later in the draft or through free agency, and the Broncos have picked a couple guys reasonably early enough. You know, Max Garcia is there. Uh, they signed Ron Leary, and it is tough for those guys to hop in right off the bat and be terribly effective. Now, in Nelson's case, maybe he will. And certainly, I think if you were to look from left to right and say you have Garrett Bowles, Ron Leary, Matt Paradis, Quentin Nelson, and Jared Veld here, I think you have to say that the line went from being one of the worst parts of the team to maybe something of a strength if Veld here can just uh, be uh, just a capable. A competent yeah, tackle. just capable. I think you have to be very happy with the way that line would shape up. So while I don't mind it, my concern about going guard with the fifth pick is the fact that I don't think you get that sort of game-breaking talent sure. when you're picking at number five. Now, if this is something the Broncos are at 10 and Quentin Nelson Different lands story. in their lap, oh, yes. yeah, sure, I jump Absolutely. all over it. But I think when you're all the way up at five, you want to find somebody who is a, a franchise-changing talent 
at, at a position where maybe they have a little more control yes. over the situation. And I think you need to find a player that we talk about six years from now, seven years from now, much like we talk about Von Miller at the number two pick. I believe it was back in, what, 2012 or something like that. Yeah, 2011. Uh, and, yep. and if Denver was picking 10, 12, I'd say, gosh, this would be perfect. Uh, I mentioned Steve Hutchinson, who was a finalist for the Hall of Fame this year. Back in 2001, that same draft, when Leonard Davis was picked second, Hutchinson was selected 17th. So it, it is one of those situations where I don't want to diminish the guard situ- the guard position, but gosh, picking him at five when you're passing on a quarterback, when you're passing on potentially Bradley Chubb, Saquon Barkley, I'm not saying these guys are going to be available, but there will be an impact player at five. Well, I mean, you're at five. Only so yeah. many can be gone. And you just mentioned three. So we know Sam Darnold's going number one. Let's say all those guys go. Okay, well, we, what, who fails in your lap there? Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Denzel Ward. We sure. know, what do you want? And then on top of that, if... Nelson was such a surefire thing. We talk about the Giants needing offensive line help, the Cleveland Browns needing offensive line help. Why wouldn't they be interested? I think the Browns line's pretty good, but the Giants, I think you can make that argument. There are some mock drafts, actually, that have the Giants picking Nelson second because they intend for at least the next year, maybe two years, to see how much Eli Manning has left in the tank. And so it would make a lot of sense uh, to make sure that they get him some protection as well. So the Giants have a decision to be made there. I think looking at it, you know that the Browns and the Jets with their first picks, one and three, are definitely going quarterback. It's an option for the Giants, and they may very well do it. But, you know, the Browns won't be going quarterback with the fourth because they'll be doing it with the first. Mm -hmm. So even though you don't have the exact players, you can start to chart, chart this out a little bit if you're the Broncos. You know, one and three are quarterbacks. Two might be, it might not. Four won't be. So three quarterbacks are going to be gone before the Broncos pick, presuming nobody drafts up and trades takes either the Giants pick at two or even the Browns second pick at number four which I think is probably going to be in play though it would cost a King's ransom to to get it but But I think the Browns would consider offers you may consider that a pro for Denver because then Denver you could say non-quarterback wise they get the number one selection almost arguably and I I made the argument last week in in an argument in my my sports that I made and it's uh, that I wrote at wrote down there that I thought the Broncos should actually trade up into Cleveland's spot to get Saquon Barkley. The number four or number one? The number four. Okay, sure. Because if you're the Browns, why wouldn't you do that? Sure. You'll still get the guy, as long as you can live with not getting Barkley, you can still get anybody you want. You're yeah. only moving down one spot. So I think that's possible, and I think it gives Denver a more game-breaking type of talent. Uh, I understand that running backs aren't getting picked that high anymore either in general because of their uh, potential to get hurt, the fact their career tends to be the shortest in football. But I, I just look at that five spot. I don't have a problem. If Quentin Nelson's the pick, I don't have a problem with it. I'm not going to sit here and run it down. Sure. But I don't know if you're getting a guy that single-handedly changes the franchise, like a quarterback would, like a running back who has the ball in his hands would, or even like a a Bradley Chubb, a guy that can go get the quarterback. I could confidently say if Saquon Barkley becomes that type of game-breaking talent, Denver may be a 10-win team next year with Saquon Barkley. Well, I you watched what I can't say that two years they, ago. We watched what happened to select a Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott. Exactly. Last Leonard year, we Fournette. watched it with Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. These were two teams that were bad that immediately found themselves in good positions after they got that running back and took the load off of their quarterback. And in those cases, those were young quarterbacks. Yeah. Zach Prescott and Marcus Mariota. In this case, for the uh, for, for the uh, pardon me, not uh, Marcus Mariota, um, Blake Bortles. But oh, the, sure, sure. In this case for the Broncos, you're looking at Case Keenum, a guy that at least is a veteran and has some comfort level. So if you have someone at Barkley at your disposal, along with Demarius Thomas, along with Emmanuel Sanders, now you have a lot of weapons at your disposal too. 
It's the Broncos Blitz Podcast presented by Tap 14. Speaking of Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, Case Keenum, you wrote an interesting article and in how the Broncos, well, they have a little bit of talent. I, I think I'm probably a well, little I, bit higher on the talent offensively than others. But they have a lot of do, talented wide receivers. They do need help. But it's only two of them. Yes. <laughs> That's the trick. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders have more than a thousand receptions combined. It's yeah. the pair. But I, I broke down what was left on the active roster. And what is left on the active roster behind Demarius Thomas, there are seven wide receivers. They've combined for 406 yards and two touchdowns. And I'm doing the math here on the fly. 29 plus 4 oh, is yeah, and 20. By the way, 29 and 351 of those are Jordan Taylor. <laughs> so the, the other six guys have roughly 55 30. yards and no touchdowns. Yeah. The other six guys. And they have 35 receptions after the first two altogether. Yeah. 29 of them again, Jordan Taylor. Four for Isaiah McKenzie, one for Jordan Leslie. So who should Denver be looking at? There are a lot of guys. I went through and looked at this, and there were a lot of guys that were available. My my choice would be Jeremy Macklin. He'd probably be the most expensive of the bunch, but at this stage of free agency, you're probably talking still under $2 million, a make-good type of deal. Maybe I'm misreading that a little bit, but uh, Macklin, to me, has stats that are pretty comparable over his career to Emmanuel Sanders. So, uh, and, and he's the size that can be a slot type of guy, mm -hmm. too, or Sanders can, depending on the situation. So I think he fits right in. That's the ideal one. But there are a lot of guys in, in their 20s that are still interesting fits. When you look at a, a guy like uh, Justin Hunter, Jordan Matthews, these were second-round picks, and they're 26 and 25 years old, guys that are absolutely worth taking a shot at. So I, I like the idea of some of those guys and seeing what you can do uh, with, with that addition there. Certainly they need a tight end as well, but just focusing on the wide receivers, you have to have three. Emmanuel Sanders missed a lot of time this year. Well, and what about that guy they drafted back in 2010? That would be Eric Decker. Eric Decker is one of the players I think the Broncos would consider. It depends on the money, obviously. The concerns I have with Decker are twofold. One, he seems to have his game fall off a lot. It's It seemed to have fallen off a lot. He's 31 years old. The last two seasons have been pretty rough. Two, he's not as uh, available to move around. You can't put Eric Decker in the slot at 6'5". He's not that kind of guy. You have to use him in a different capacity, whereas I like the smaller guys you can use in both spots. But I think he's an option, and I think he's a better option than what they have. But, but at the but, very least, you know, he's a very good back of the end zone target. And and to kind of connect this with the guard situation, you know, I've kind of found and I don't want to say the guard isn't an important position, but it, it isn't it's not the linchpin of the offensive line. And I kind of look at wide receiver the same wide receivers are very dependent on the quarterback throwing them the ball. And Bronco, the offensive line. Absolutely. They're Bronco, dependent on two positions. Bronco fans would know more than anything as they saw massive dips in productivity between uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, when, of course, it was Trevor Simeon or <laughs> Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch throwing the football. On the Jets and the Titans, now maybe you could say differently with the Titans and Marcus Mariota, and he did have a, a, an okay year at least, uh, but there's nothing spectacular. Right now, I think most would agree at Marcus Mariota. No, I, I think, in fact, he was one of the league's more disappointing players sure. last year. Not because he was bad, but because I think that people expected him to take a leap forward, and he really didn't. And let's face it, nobody's considering Ryan Fitzpatrick a franchise quarterback when he was no. throwing the football to Eric Decker in New York. Could this maybe be like a gem? I, I hiding in the... Hidden the bushes. I suppose. I, I do think there is drop-off in Decker's game, but you know he's, he's a pretty good route runner, and he's big. So I, I don't have a problem with it. And he's going to come cheaply. He's on the wrong side of 30. He's not going to cost you a whole ton of money. Plus, you also know that, that uh, Decker... Uh, also keeps a place here in Colorado. So maybe it's a it's something that fits for everybody down the road. I don't think it would be a, 
a bad situation. I'd like to see them go a little younger, a little more explosive. I'd almost rather like to see uh, a, a hunter or someone like that that's, that's got some some youth or a Jordan Matthews, but uh, I don't have a problem with it. Uh, certainly, if you add Eric Decker, you look at the other guys behind him, and okay, you know what can what can Jordan Taylor do that Eric Decker can't? Nothing. To, to so, wrap to wrap this up, yeah. Uh, to stay inside the team, though, do you think Jordan Decker could, or excuse me, not Jordan Decker, Jordan Taylor? Can become that number three guy. Maybe. Do you think there is a a every down like number three type wide receiver in him? Well, the Broncos thought so last year when they drafted Carlos Henderson. He missed the entire season last year with injury and got in a little bit of legal trouble in the offseason. So they, they need him to both grow up and get healthy. But they picked him early. Uh, for a reason that's the guy they want but he hasn't uh, done anything yet at the nfl level hasn't even played it down so at this point i don't know if you can count on it he's in much the same situation as jake butt a guy that you figured all right if he was completely healthy and at his maximum potential we might have a guy the problem is as you've talked about with how we started this out with the guards can't miss prospected guards they missed so to presume that Jake Butt and Carlos Henderson both happen to hit the NFL as basically rookies and be outstanding players, both of them, history suggests that probably won't happen. Yeah, the odds are definitely stacked against you. It's the Broncos Blitz podcast presented by Tap 14. Be sure to go to Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado beers on tap. That's Sean's favorite. The yes, 100 oh, yes. Colorado Distilled Spirits. That's my favorite. I also I don't mind place. it, though. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> the uh, rooftop views, I love those as well, too. Be sure to check that out. And then, of course, sports on TV. It's a great atmosphere. Went three weeks ago, had a great burger, great. Uh, I actually had one of the Colorado beers on tap, one of the stouts. It was just phenomenal. So be sure to go on over there and uh, tap14.com. That's the website. Spell out 14, tap14.com. Sean, where can they find you on Twitter? Estrotar uh, on Twitter. That's S-D-R-O-T-A-R. And you can catch me on air on Mile High Sports every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. And you can follow me at Ronnie K Radio. And then, of course, both of our uh, articles at milehighsports.com. And that's where you can also find archives of the Broncos Blitz podcast. That's milehighsports.com, milehighsports.com. We'll be right back.